What, we some kind of suicide squad? I am Iron Man. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Server Anakin, I have the high ground. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. Welcome back to the Big Movie Boys Podcast, the only podcast afraid to leave its house. I'm your host, Jeremy Bauman, and with me as always is Bob Liebel. What's up, dogs? And Ben Stitch. What's going on out there? Jeremy, before we get going in this, this great podcast, action-packed podcast we got going, are you as nervous about this weekend as I am for fantasy basketball? I've never been more devoted to a single event in my life than I have been this fantasy basketball <laughs> season. So far, I've watched a total of zero NBA games, but it was enough to get me into the finals. Yeah, I've sure. watched probably like one NBA game total this year. I am up by one point total. The scoring system in fantasy basketball is so Doesn't stupid. Doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it's it. It's so dumb, but uh, I'm beating Jeremy by one point. And the great thing about this is, if we end up being days into a fourteen-day, <laughs> yeah, where no one, no one's playing, that also doesn't make any sense. Why do we play every fucking no, day? No, it's ridiculous. Um, My team sucks for listeners at home. It was Bob, Bob should have made the playoffs. Didn't uh, certain yeah. dildo as a as a as a fucking uh, commissioner commissioner kind of screwed me on that one. Me and Jeremy are both ten and six. I am the higher seed for God only knows what reason because Jeremy outscored me by about a thousand points throughout the season. So Jeremy, I'm up by one point. If we end up tied, I'm pretty sure I get the win based off the tiebreaker. Of I would love seed. to see that. That is how I want to win. I want you to win that way as well. <laughs> I don't care. I would prefer that outcome to me winning. If I'm being honest. Yeah, because I think we winner gets sixty bucks, loser gets forty. That's fair enough. Assuming people actually pay us, but we'll see how that yeah, all goes. We'll see if Bob pays. <laughs> Good chance nobody gets their money. <laughs> well, we know something that's happening for sure, and that is for the eighth week in a row, Ben will be telling us what we missed in the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. We're getting close to the end, finally. Yeah, you would think. I feel like the last episode is going to be a three hour movie. Is it going to be, like, you think it's going to be like Game of Thrones or like. The second to last episode is like the really big action-packed episode, and then you, it, know, you just kind of get your finale at the end. I'm assuming we'll get the Don't Bothers versus the Ducks in the last episode, but this episode, pretty pretty good episode, got a lot of Nick the Stick. He was nice. fucking hysterical in this episode. They The Ducks, they kind of do a montage of games here. They win a bunch of games. Like, three of them were on buzzer beater goals. I think they've now won six games at, at the buzzer in hockey, which Very never common. happens. Yeah. <laughs> Literally never happens. As the writers know, it happens in almost every hockey game, so that's... It, um, but uh, what's her name? Alex, a.k.a. Lorelai Gilmore, right. is becoming a shit fucking coach. Only cares about the winning. Oh. She's taking... She's doing interviews with, like, newspapers and, and like, talking about... is interviewing these people? <laughs> I don't don't worry about it. She's getting interviewed and she talks about how she this is just all about the fun, but the kids are watching and they're like, "No, it's it's not about the fun anymore. You just want to win." And she's making them eat like super fucking healthy and they're doing like two-a-day practices. I I think they're dropping out of school. I don't know what's really going the on. The comedic fat character must not be a fan of the healthy no, eating or two-a-days. I'm, I'm assuming he didn't enjoy it. I'm going to skip bad because <laughs> uh, this one's not really a great episode besides the Nick, Nick the Stick because it's just a lot of them just fast-forwarding through games and Gordon Bombay like teaching the one kid how to be better a little bit. There's like a good-looking kid and Nick's a little jealous of him, whatever. Of his looks? Yeah, and oh, he like, okay. thinks he has everything. They have a heart-to-heart. -heart. That's the other like story of this episode. I'm not getting into that bullshit. But anyways, Nick the Stick, after the big win to go to States, they're now in second place in the league, top two teams go to States, uh, them and the Ducks. So Lorelai Gilmore, after the game, is pissed about how they won the game. She's like, you didn't listen to me. 
you weren't supposed to. She was mad at the the good looking kid for scoring the goal because he was on the bench, and they they tricked her into letting him get on the ice. <laughs> I can't even explain this. You'd have to watch it. But anyways, he doesn't make any sense. He scores the game-winning goal at the buzzer. She's not happy because they disobeyed her. So then she comes in, knocks all the sticks down, gets pissed at everyone, and that's when Nick the Stick goes, "Wow, I was gonna ask if you guys wanted to go to Dairy Queen, but the mood has seemed to change, and I lost my shit." And that's when uh, Evan talks to the rest of the team. He's like, "Guys, don't worry. I need to fire my mom." And that's that's the end of the episode. We're, Ooh, wow. cliffhanger. Yeah, we're. Next week should be good because uh, they're in the they're in the states now. We're getting down to the nuts and bolts. I'm guessing there'll be a nice action, like maybe a good sex scene between Bombay and Lorelai Gilmore. I can't. I would love to see that. <laughs> I'm sure Bombay is going to teach her that winning isn't everything. It isn't. Yeah, yeah. she'll learn. Yeah, she'll learn. Bombay was pissed other. at her. She he was not happy with her this episode. Win or lose, Ducks coaches booze. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the tried and true method of one Gordon Bombay. All right. Well, it sounds like we're we're getting into the. It feels like things are you know finally Dude, coming know. to a close. Some some of those tangential storylines <laughs> and threads are really getting closure at this point. They close all those storylines way and like each episode has like one storyline that they just close during that episode. And yeah, this this needs to end. I am I can't believe they did ten episodes. Eight. I can't wait for season two. <laughs> oh my god, I, I will this not probably get renewed for season two. Do you think people are watching this? Are there any kind of numbers that are out on this yet? I don't think Disney Plus puts out their numbers like that. It's got to be millions, hundreds of millions. Where does it end? I mean, we're talking about yeah. it, so <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be big enough to get Disney's attention, I imagine. All right, well, we got two more episodes of that to look forward to. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. Another thing that we're going to keep going on for at least eight episodes, will be our recaps of The Fast and the Furious. That's right, boys. It's time to fasten up for F9. How are we feeling this week? Same as every week, kind of shitty about it. Yeah, until you get to Fast 5, I really don't give a shit, even though Tokyo Drift is probably one that I've seen, like, sneakily, like, three, yeah. four times. I don't think I've ever seen it start to finish, but I've seen, like, a good amount of scenes from this. Mostly the Bow Wow stuff. I get YouTube recommendations for Bow Wow. He was Bow Wow here, not Little Bow Wow, right? He dropped the lil. Yeah, as he Justin should. Timberlake came in and said, drop the lil, and he did. That's a social network reference for you guys. I wonder how he's doing. Not Justin Timberlake. He's probably doing very well. A Bow Wow is one we should be concerned he's about. He's rolling in that like Mike money, dude. Can't make much money. That shit's that. on all the time. <laughs> That's it. That is one of my favorite movies. You bring up a point, though. We've discussed previously that everyone on the planet has seen Fast Five regardless of seeing any other somehow installment in the Fast and Furious franchise, I think that is a close second is Tokyo Drift. I feel like you ask 100 people, 98 of them have seen Tokyo Drift. That number seems spot on. I, I mean, I lie about seeing it. If you asked me if I saw it, I'd be like, yeah. I definitely don't think I've watched it start to finish like you said, Bob, but I, I remember the main guy in this. He's a dumb motherfucker. I, I can't believe he's in high school in this, Jerry. You already have there in town. I didn't... Why are you reading ahead? (laughs) I always do. Because it makes me remember this movie. I just remember having a crush on the the main girl in this movie, but that's really about it. I remember those those two characters and nothing else. Those are two standout moments. Ben, you already ruined this bit, but I'm going to commit to it anyway. Boys, can you tell me how old (laughs) you think this man is in this photo? Not Vin Diesel, the other man in this photo. Ballpark age. 40. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, if I was really gonna guess, I would guess like thirty-three. Do you know? Do you know how old he was when this was filmed? Uh, I imagine somewhere between fifty and sixty. 
But uh, that is Lucas Black. He plays Shane in this movie, or Sean. I don't even remember. I wrote Sean. Could be Shane for all I know. <laughs> and he's just your average 35-year-old high schooler, man. Like, That's pretty bad. <laughs> this, all the characters in this movie are in high school for no goddamn reason. All the villains are connected to this high school. Why couldn't they just make him in college? This street racing gang is tied to this high school. It could have been college very easily. They didn't have to be in any schooling at all. <laughs> this is one of the reasons this movie is absolute garbage. The the girl that you're talking about that you had a crush on, she's like dating the Yakuza boss who's also like a drift pro. I don't she's know in high old, school? I don't know how old that guy is, but <laughs> oh. yes, she is in high school. When was this movie? Did this movie come out? 2003? They were a little more lax That's on statutory rape in 2003, <laughs> so that makes sense. 2005 maybe? I don't, I didn't write it down. This, this movie sucks if you can't uh, pick up on it yet. Again, they don't get good until the next movie, so be sure to watch the next one. But Is Vin in this movie? We'll get to that when we get to that. He goes okay. by Mr. Diesel. <laughs> Let's just start by saying nobody in the first two movies is in this movie. Okay. <laughs> this movie, I watched the first 30 minutes of it on my first run. I'm like, am I watching a Fast and Furious movie? Sure, there's cars and people are racing, but I don't know who any of these goddamn people are. And then they go to Japan. They don't go to Japan in the first two movies, so that was very confusing. Uh, basically, Sean, Shane, we're going to call him Sean, because that's what I have written down. Okay. Gets in a race at school with a school bully who's roughly 32 years old. And these people all just have super fast fucking cars. What yeah. the fuck? They don't work? No. They're school. They're in high school, but they're 16, Bob. What do you- <laughs> I don't understand how they have these cars. What do you expect them to do? So he gets sent to Tokyo with his dad. The dad, strangest character in the world. He's like in the military or something. Is he I'm younger than know. his son? He looks younger than <laughs> his son. They look, the dad and his same age child are, you know, having disputes, whatever. Just so you know, Lucas Black is now 38 years old. He's, how wow. old does he look now? 70? <laughs> how old was he when he, he looks? Him? He looks younger now, I guess. Dude, I don't know. This, this guy's a weird aged motherfucker. Name one of his other movies. Is he Benjamin Buttoning? Like, do you want me to tell you or guess just, just, one? Just see if you can guess one. See if I can guess one. No fucking way you can guess Fast one. Fast and Furious 4. No, he's, I don't think he's, he's never in another one again. Does he die? Yeah, he is in another one, evidently. He's in another Fast and Furious? Five? Nine. He's, got, he's oh, coming back. Oh, no. He's coming back. He's probably still in high school. Everyone's been clamoring for that guy from Sean from fucking Tokyo Drift to come back. That might not even be true. They're just anyone who's connected to any Fast and Furious movie. Anyway, Bow Wow's in this movie, and his car looks like the Hulk. That's sweet. That, is that all you have That's to say? His is, Bow wow, is Bow Wow playing himself, or is he no, the high schooler as well? He's in high school. Okay. He just plays adolescent he looks, roles. He looks a little more high school aged, at least. I don't know how old he was for real. Um, yeah, there's really nothing to note in this movie other than the introduction of a character named Han. Han okay. is a name you're going to want no, to remember. we know Han. One of the only redeeming parts of this movie is the introduction of Han. And uh, Han dies in this movie. He, there's an explosion, <laughs> a drifting accident, his car explodes, and Han dies. Okay. So also Rip. remember that. Rip Han. <laughs> Something tells me he doesn't stay dead. And uh, there's also a very stupid race at the end. Obviously, all the races drifting. Yeah, totally. Obviously. Yeah. This is the one there's thing no I remember. Movie if they're not drifting. And uh, so they drift on the mountains. That's where ancient samurais used to learn how to drift apparently like there's this whole thing about like people learn to drift on these mountains cool. yeah it makes total sense. 
And, uh, as the race is happening, again, this is like 2005 or whatever, everyone's got their flip phones out and their oh, cameras, perfect. and people on the track are streaming their camera phones, their flip phones, so that other people at the starting and finish line, wherever they are, can watch the race live on their flip phones. That technology did not exist for like <laughs> another 15 years when this movie came out. It looks hilarious when you watch. Damn. Yeah, with flip phones, that's, that's a stretch, but I love that they saw the future coming. They did. It definitely did not exist at the time. And then this movie ends with uh, Bow Wow coming over to uh, Sean and he's like, Hey, this dude wants to race you. Says he knows Han. And who is it? Han? Dom Toretto. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. Shows up at the very end of this movie. I hope Vin Diesel got paid $20 million Probably. for that appearance. I think he was paid the rights to Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> I'm not joking. Or Triple X, one of the two. His, there was like this whole deal where he would make a cameo and then like produce the rest of the movies in this franchise and really like spin it up. That's why like I say the franchise starts with four. Yeah. And then in return, he got either Chronicles of Riddick or Triple X. He got like the rights to those movies, and then he wow, just continued making moves. Wow, Vin Diesel probably has a sh- like sneakily has a shitload of money. I unless that. unless the deal was I don't need any money from the Fast and Furious movies. I just want to make the Chronicles of Riddick. How close do you think his net worth is to a billion dollars? How far off? He probably let's, gets points. ballpark. What he do probably gets points on these movies at this point. He's probably making. What so do you much- think his net worth is? I'm gonna say five hundred million. I'm going to say $850 million. I'll go $851 million. $225 million. That's not even that good. Yeah, but they, no, he's got a lot of that in foreign offshore yeah. accounts. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of unreported income. That's 225 taxable. He's got, <laughs> he's got a lot that we don't know about, I'm sure. But yeah, um, as, as I've said, this movie's garbage. A lot of people who like this franchise like this movie. It is not a popular opinion that I hold that this movie sucks yeah. ass. To me, it makes me think that it's not a great movie if the only thing they do with this movie is like introduce Han and bring him along in the future. And then kill him. And then kill him, yeah. In this movie. In this movie. I don't know. I think this movie might have a significant uh, cultural impact because how many times have you been spinning around in some snowbanks <laughs> and you say Tokyo Drift? Yeah, it's like shooting a piece of garbage into a garbage can saying, Kobe, that, yeah. that's the same exact logic. Except one can kill you. I've almost crashed my car multiple <laughs> times doing that. So. And the music, the like theme song from Tokyo Drift, also iconic. It's synonymous with Fast and Furious at this point. That was one of the few things that this movie did right in a sea of just terrible, terrible decisions and dialogue and actors. Everyone in this movie sucks. Particularly Lucas Black, who is again forty years old at I the hope time he of comes filming. Back to uh, F nine. That's gonna like be gray haired. And they're like, "Hey, how's college going, bud?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you guys sold? Are you gonna watch Fast and Furious, the fourth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise, next week? Uh, wait, what is this next movie called? It's called Fast and Furious. What's confusing about it? It's called <laughs> Fast and Furious, the fourth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. That's the actual title. So is it movie? called Fast and oh. Furious? The Just... title is Fast and Furious. What's the title of the first fucking movie? The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> this this wait, one is Fast and you're Furious. Getting, you're fucking me up right now. What? It's the Fast and Furious is the first movie is called. <laughs> The Fast and the Furious. And this is just Fast and Furious? 
The fourth movie in the Fast and the Furious franchise is called Fast and Furious. What is so confusing about this? Wait, they don't call it out like Fast 4? Why would they call it Fast 4 when they can call it Fast and Furious? Is F5 even the fifth fucking movie in this franchise then? How do they have this shit set up? Called Fast 5. The naming conventions make perfect sense. I don't see what the confusion is. God, I don't dude. know how so many people see these movies and make so much money. I don't know how they get past, like, fucking audience testing or anything like that. Because and- everyone who watches it in the testing, their minds explode, so <laughs> they, they physically cannot say what their opinions were? Yeah. I mean, uh, if, uh, is that four or what, if fast, fast and Furious Thank on you. anything? <laughs> um, I don't know. They're all on Australian Netflix, if you're a Might have to get that VPN. VPN user, but... I don't know. Most of them aren't on anything. Some of them were on HBO Max, but they kind of go in and out. So. Regardless, find it and watch it. You will not be sorry. They only get better from here. Can't wait. Well, that's it for Fasten Up for F9 for this week. We've got several movies left to go. And we've got a new movie to review this week. A new Netflix release called The Woman in the Window. This movie was released May 14th. 2021, directed by Joe Wright, written by Tracy Letts, based on the book by A.J. Finn. Movie stars Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Wyatt Russell, among others. It's a brand new movie, so we'll keep it spoiler-free at first. We'll let you know when we're getting into spoilers. Ben, we're going to go to you last, because I know you read the book that this movie is based on. Bob, spoiler-free, what was just your uh, general impressions? Yeah, this movie kind of sucked eggs, dude. It wasn't... I don't know. I was hungover when I watched it, and I was already like not in the mood to watch a movie, and there actually was a few moments that got me not out of my seat, but kind of perked me up. Like, I was little, little suspenseful moments in the movie that did get my attention, but for the most part, I was pretty bored. Uh, nobody really wowed me with their acting, at least nothing that I can speak on that was exceptional. I think it was all kind of par or normal. Um, yeah, just not that great. I wanted to be good though. I'll be honest with you. When I read the premise, like when I read the synopsis, saw the cast, and then you know started watching the movie. And now that I've seen the movie, I feel like it could have been. It just dropped the ball. Just just didn't hit for me. Yeah, I uh, I watched it this morning. A little less hungover than you. I went into it not really knowing anything other than the cast. I read the one sentence synopsis on IMDb. I was like, this sounds like Rear Window. In a lot of ways, it is similar. It's also different in other ways. But yeah, I would say this is like just a perfectly mid-movie. I didn't hate it. I certainly didn't love it. I will almost certainly never watch it again. I probably won't think about it again on like, Monday. Yeah. When I'm, by the time I'm done editing <laughs> this podcast, it'll probably be out of my mind. Um, there was some stupid stuff in it. There was some okay stuff in it. The very beginning... I read that there was some reshoots in this movie. I'm wondering if one of the beginning scenes was a reshoot because I really like Amy Adams. I think she's really good in everything. And at the beginning of this movie, I was like, Jesus Christ, is this what we're going to get for this entire movie? Because she was, she looked like she was looking off camera, reading the lines, just being held up on a cue card. It was pretty rough to say. There was a couple of times she had one specifically a monologue in the middle of the movie where I was just like, you're not doing a good job here, man. Yeah, so there's, there were some noticeably bad parts. I, there were some decent parts as well, but nothing super exceptional. At the end of the day, I just felt very mid on this movie. But Ben, give us uh, 
Tell us how much better the book was. Yeah. I can't wait <laughs> I to hear that a hundred times. <laughs> I will in a second. No, it felt like all these actors, because, I, yeah, I love a lot of these actors besides fucking Ethan. First, worst fucking casting of all time, I just want to say. The kid? The kid, yeah. Oh, I'm not a fan of him. But, like, I feel like every one of these people during, like, not even during quarantine, because I guess they shot this, it was supposed to come out last year, but... It was like, supposed to come out in 2019 oh, originally, right? yeah. It, well, they must have read the book and been like, wow, that book was really good, I want to be in it, and then they were just let down, because this, I don't know if it was the directing that was horrible or what, like, I know there's some artistic choices in this that are just kind of dumb, and they, they try to make you think Amy Adams is, like going like nuts and and she is in the book and she's like she's drinking a lot and she's taking her antidepressants but the way they try to put you in her shoes is like dumb it felt this whole thing just felt like a play to me it shouldn't have been i, I was gonna this felt exactly like a play in the same way that granted i've only seen like high school productions but like yeah. the acting felt very like live over the theater top play yeah. like like it just it didn't feel like movie acting i agree 100 percent. and even just the set itself like they're just in that that house a lot so it, it feels like a play i like that take after and you it, guys said that i totally feel the same it might have been a good play then but like yeah. and seeing it live and shit would have been sweet i guess but overall like i read this book last year like at the beginning of quarantine and it was my favorite book that i read last year and i because of that, I had like I was excited about the movie, but seeing the um, promo or whatever the the trailer, I I kept my expectations low, and I'm glad I did because it would have really disappointed me. Disappointed me, but I just yeah, like you guys said, I, I'll probably never think about this movie again, and I'll just be like, I can't believe we did that movie on the podcast because it was it just let me down. Like even like Gary Oldman. It felt stupid to have Gary Oldman and Anthony Mackie in this movie. I don't yeah, know because they didn't really do anything. Anthony Mackie is on the phone for most of the movie. He's and one I, scene. I swear he recorded his lines over the phone. He was laying in bed over the phone. Like I was going to say, and it, it kind of makes sense later in the movie, but I was like, Anthony Mackie and Amy Adams have zero chemistry. Yeah. An Anthony Mackie sounds super fucking bored. He sounds like he just woke up, and he's literally calling into the set to record his lines. It makes a little more sense contextually later on, but... It's yeah, pretty they, jarring. They definitely first. didn't talk to each other besides that one scene that they did, yeah. that they had together. Up until that scene, I was gonna say like I don't think Amy Adams and Anthony have Mackie not. have ever met each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels that way. But it, it just it really bummed me out. And I think this, yeah, like Bob said earlier, I think this movie could have been really good because the the story is a good story. I totally agree. I like the story. Like I think it is. They just like they dropped the ball. It's just something. It's like they could have done know. a much better job of putting you in her shoes and make you think. Oh, there's movies where you're like, did that, like, I, I think of Gone Girl, where you're like, did Ben Affleck actually kill his wife? And you're like, for a minute there, you don't know. This, the whole time, you're just kind of like, I kind of know what happened. Let's, let's get to the end here. Yeah. It, it doesn't really, and maybe you guys, I knew the twist at the end or whatever, but like, you, you, the whole time, it's just kind of like, you're not even, there's, they try to set up, the, the, yeah. there's like three different scenarios. They go for that unreliable narrator thing that they do in movies all the time, but for whatever reason, the way they do it in this, I like just don't buy it. Yeah. Like it just, it just did not hit for me. I'm I was going to say, it's, the movie's like telling you that she's an unreliable narrator, yet everything she's saying turns out to be true. Yeah. So there, there's no evidence of her being unreliable at any point in the movie. It's just like... It just said it's just odd that she'd be saying this. Like she's just hard, she's easy to look at and be like i'm not gonna believe her like from, from like the from outside the other, characters yeah, but like everything exactly. we've seen it's like well you have the fucking drawing like yeah like we know everything they yeah. should have but they, the way they show it it's not like did that really happen like how fucked up was she at the time yeah. i was like no it kind of looks like that actually happened like like the way they try to play it like is she or is she not like it doesn't it just doesn't work 
it's almost like you believe it and then once you get those confirmation those little like bits you're like yeah like a hundred percent like i was never really questioning it but it just, it just don't really pull it the right way it just doesn't doesn't work it just feels weird like when you're watching it yeah that was that was one of the biggest things for me is that like i said they try to tell you that she's unreliable yet all the evidence points to her being reliable and then there's just like Wyatt Russell's character in particular just like happens to have a lot of information that he holds on to in important times and then just spills later in the movie and it's like okay well that just confirms everything that we thought and you already knew this before when it would have made more sense to explain all yeah, this. Yeah he doesn't so. make any sense in this movie at all especially like I don't know his whole like, dynamic as a character I'm like what are you dude like what is this relationship? I do like him, though. I mean, I saw, obviously, Falcon, Winter Soldier, I liked him in that, and this is the only other thing that I've seen that he was in, but I think I'm going to, like, probably start to like this guy once he's in more and more roles. I don't think he had a bad performance. No, I thought he was fine, but I agree that it's just kind of a confusing no, character. Yeah. yeah. Be better in the book. Wait, who the fuck are you guys talking about? David, the Tenant. Oh, David. Uh, David Tennant? You called him Russell or something. Wyatt Russell is his real name. Gotcha, gotcha, because they're... Yeah, uh, Jane Russell yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. threw me off I'm like who are you oh, talking yeah, about yeah. but yeah um, him in the book it's weird um, this isn't really spoiling anything but in the book he has like an affair with Amy Adams they like have sex with each other and this is up on that. this is before this is before you find uh, I guess we're not doing spoilers yet so I won't say anything but like it's just really weird that they um, I guess Amy they made her look rough so the whole time I was like huh I don't think they're gonna have sex in this movie and it confirmed I'm like I think that's why they because then at the end, like, Amy Adams is looking good again. I'm like, if they would have had her like that, it would have made sense if they hooked up. But yeah, it was uh, some things that they left out are just like, they made the book better, I guess. It would have been weird in the movie if they just randomly had sex. But yeah, it was... Speak for yourself. <laughs> let's just get into spoilers yeah. on this yeah, one. I agree. Before we get into spoilers, though, I know we're all kind of mid to negative on it. Would you recommend it to someone who has or has not read the book? Is it worth It's an hour and 40 minutes. I'll give it credit for that. I was expecting a two and a half hour movie. So was I, honestly. Hour 40? It didn't feel, feel like it dragged at all. Like, I don't think it was, like, excessive. They pushed it along. It, it's it's kind of a well quick paced, watch. Yeah. yeah. Would, would I recommend it? I think I would recommend it to somebody like Ben that has read the book, because, I mean, why not? It's a quick watch. You know, if you read the book, why not watch it before it? And you probably won't like it, but... I think it's still worth watching and then i'd probably recommend it to you know some of my like dumber friends you know people that don't really appreciate <laughs> movies or understand what happens i hey check out that new movie and they probably think it was really good because like i said there are some suspenseful moments in this movie that regardless of how shitty the plot or whatever has been filming, going it's that's like bad directing in my yeah my but thing. there are there's we can agree there definitely are moments that give you a little bit of suspense so i think some people that look past some of the other flaws of the movie would probably get enjoyment out of it yeah i think it's uh Generally, I would probably would not recommend it unless you're someone who is just really craving new movies and you go in with tempered expectations. You understand that it's not going to be anything exceptional. Seems like I'm, you know, only recommending this to a very, very niche group of people. But I, I don't know. I don't know that I could just blatant, you know, blatantly recommend this to everyone on the street. Yeah, it sucks because like we can't even be like Amy Adams was fucking amazing in this. Yeah, she because sucks. she wasn't. And she I love ass. Amy Adams and like everything. I like her and everything and I did not yeah, really she care just, for her in this. She wasn't great in this and like I, I don't I don't know why it, like when I first heard she was in it, I was like, oh that's gonna be good. And then I heard the rest of the cast, I'm like, that's gonna be really good. If, if, if you good, saw yeah. Anthony Mackey in the list of actors and you're like, oh, I'm excited to watch that 
he might as well not be in this movie. Yeah, he, it's it's stupid that he. Is. I, I would recommend pick up a fucking book and read that instead. Do not watch this movie. Even if you've read this book, don't watch this movie. There's really not a lot of screen time for some of those other actors besides her. Anthony Mackie, obviously, he's on the phone a couple of times. See him for thirty seconds. Even Gary Oldman. What is his combined screen time? In this? You the, actually see him, not from across four the street. Minutes, yeah, yeah, and he's the one I like. Wish he was wasn't in this the most. There. I he wish he, I wish it was just some random person. Think about that. The two wives, or not wives, but the two women. Sorry, are we in spoilers now? Yeah, not really. Just, spoiler. Yeah, but no. The, anyway, I mean, it's just basically Amy Adams and Ethan the kid who are kind of in this movie. Yeah, but and, other than that, everybody else is just like. I remember at the end, like the the uh, fucking psychiatrist showed up. I was like, he's in this movie too. You know what I mean? Like all the. All the people are in it for like five fucking for a cup of fucking coffee, and then Amy Adams mostly just her, which could be good if she put on a good performance. At least she did not. Yeah, Amy Adams, Anthony Mackie, and Gary Oldman were the things I was very excited for, and Anthony Mackie and Gary Oldman make a combined maybe five minutes of screen <laughs> yeah. time. So, and Amy Adams wasn't good. So yeah, that was kind of a letdown. All right, let's get into spoilers. Uh, there's twists and turns in this movie, so if you're adverse to spoilers if you we didn't convince you not to watch it and you plan on watching it yourself probably not going to want to listen to this until you watch the movie yourself if that's the case go ahead pause the podcast we'll be here waiting for you when you come back but in the meantime ben did you have any particular gripes that you wanted to get into now that we're uh yeah just one, spoiler filled just one of the first ones it's not really a spoiler but i thought the way th- did you guys get the sense that ethan was like off from the very beginning like did you yeah because, like, in the book, he's, like, this light-hearted kid, and he's, like, just... And you genuinely think he's getting the shit kicked out of him at home. And, like, he's, like, just scared, and she, like, offers him a place to stay, even. Like, uh, like David's room, like, when David's not around, if he needs a place to stay. In this, like, he immediately comes in, and I'm like, he's the fucking bad person. Like, I yeah. instantly thought it. I've watched enough Criminal Minds that... You can't get that by me, dude. I clocked that the second this dude Which walked like onto the screen. I was like... Okay, this dude is, like, they're playing him, like, I don't know, neurodivergent, like, kind of off, but I was, like, and, again, I'm going into this thinking it's going to be a rear window, I'm, like, she's going to witness a murder, and this guy's the murderer, like, as soon yeah. as he walked on screen, that was my first guess. Yeah, he's just clearly, un- not unstable, but, like, I don't know, it was a dead giveaway, like, the way, he, like, like, tone it down a little bit, you know, act a little more normal, yeah. maybe. I did, that's why I didn't like the casting that that's much. That's why the twist didn't hit. Exactly. Like, oh, okay. That's, because... That in, was kind of, the, you could have saw that coming. Yeah, in the book, like, he's the, they make it seem like Alistair did it, like, Gary Oldman's character, and you're like, okay, that guy did it, so it's clearly not him, he's too obvious of a choice. So it leaves you thinking that David is the one who did it, because he's kind of, like, just kind of there the whole time. And they don't make it overt, and they don't make it too obvious. So then when it is Ethan, you're kind of like, holy shit, I actually forgot about him for a while there. So then it's like a big twist. But in this, it's just, he steps on the screen. I'm like, this motherfucker is creepy. He's yeah. doing something. Yeah. He's very unsettling right from the beginning. Like I said, I've seen enough Criminal Minds that I know kids can be murderers too. They've done that episode <laughs> in at least four different seasons. Yeah, that, was a, that twist did not hit the twist of her family being dead. I, I yeah. didn't seem necessary. I didn't catch that immediately. Like I didn't when she's talking to her family or whatever. I didn't assume that her family. That's what was I was going to so ask that, you. That one did. It wasn't like a shock. I wasn't like you know. I'm saying, but they freaking out. It, but it, I was it, like, it, oh, I didn't expect that. It wasn't telegraphed like the little kid was, but it was. 
I would say unnecessary. That was a huge fucking twist in the book, and that's like the best part of the book when that happens, because you're like, holy shit. Because that's what I was most curious about, how they could do this in the movie, and I was going to ask you guys then, like, was it obvious to you? Because she's not, when she's on the phone with other people, they show it. But when she's on the phone with Anthony Mackie, they don't show it. I was picking up on that. Like, I just kept hearing him on the phone, probably, what, three or four times before yeah. you, they're on the phone before you actually get that scene where you find out what happened. But yeah, I was just like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, this is a little weird, but I didn't think that he was dead. I, I, so it got by me in that sense. Like, I didn't think that, you know, her family was dead. But then when the reveal happened, you're just kind of like... In the book, oh, it's easier to okay. hide that, like, he's dead because you're like, oh, she's just on the phone and you can't really see anything. You're just reading it. But, like, the twist is, like, even bigger, like, that she was cheating on him and and the guy's calling her and that's how they, he, she ends up killing her family, basically. Yeah, that's... First of all, she should be in prison for that. <laughs> that sounds... I was kind of wondering that as well. I was like, I think that's two cases of manslaughter. <laughs> that sounds better on paper. Literally. Like, reading that... Is is like oh shit, but like when they when I watched that actual scene, I was just like, once again, just didn't land. It was just like okay, yeah, yeah. The like I, I mentioned before, like Anthony Mackie, it sounded like he was calling in from his bed. Yeah, it made more sense contextually. Like I I noticed that their conversations were off. I thought it was because the actors didn't want to be in this movie. <laughs> that, that was my assumption. So when it turned out that he was actually dead, and you know it was just kind of in her head, I was like, oh okay. It actually makes more sense, and it makes me not hate those scenes as much. And that scene was one of the like more artistic choices of the directing, where they basically show Amy Adams seeing like the the car crash in her house, and I just was like, this just kind of takes me out of it. I don't, yeah. I don't like that. That, that one stuck out for sure. Yeah, it was just weird. Didn't fit the vibe of the rest of the movie. I, Same, like just on that point, real quick, Jerry. Sorry, but like when when they show Jane Russell and I, Katie, I forget her actual name, but like when they Katie, show yeah. her getting killed. And they show, like, the blood hitting the window. I'm like, this is dumb. What are yeah, we doing Yeah, I here? also agree that it kind of stuck out. You know what that, those kind of scenes reminded me of? Another movie, when we watched Cherry, how they had those, like, things that were put in there to be, yeah. like, artsy for the sake of artsy. That almost is, felt like that, where it was, like, didn't forced stick in there. It. They just did it, like, two different times. Yeah. They didn't, like, do it, it throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it was just, yeah. The way they chose to inject it wasn't consistent either. Like, yeah. I did catch on to, uh, they do like that snow effect, yeah. the spinning snow effect, a couple times before they actually show what happened, and I was like, I why does this look like we're spinning in a snow globe? Like, <laughs> I recognize it was snow, and then when they start driving in the snow, I'm like, God, she's gonna kill her family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually kind of like that part, though. I like dreams when they kind of show, like, comes like what the character is going that through. That was yeah. way more subtle and well executed than the other more artsy moments. Yeah, because they could have overdone that too and like showed them in the car ride, like just driving. You'd be like, she's clearly going to kill her family. But yep, uh, one of the uh, yeah, let me just keep going through my fucking gripes with this movie. I don't. I wrote this like a year ago, so I could be wrong. I don't remember her like at the end going to kill herself. I feel like they just kind of added that in there. And I feel like that like was pretty out. significant. Yeah, that's moment. why. Question yeah. about that: Didn't she drink the pills though? Yeah, that I don't know how she didn't die. That she just that fucking she just okay. I was just like, oh, she because she, she does that like every night. I think she I just said that point was enough. Yeah, I want to wait to get to that final climactic moment. But, no, that that's fine. But um, another part just that they totally left out of the uh, out of the movie. Ethan has basically corrupted her life, and you don't know it, like in different ways because you they randomly show her learning french which is in the book way more like where she just is learning I liked when plum, that came back later plumber, when but. she had to ask a french person for an apple i was like <laughs> that's why they showed that scene yeah. but like she's also like on the computer all day long like talking to like an agoraphobic group 
and she's like has friends that she talks to and like tries to work things out and she tries to like she is a therapist and she tries to help other people as well ethan makes up this whole fucking character that's like a grandma and has two kids and her husband died and ever since he died like she she can't leave the house and like learns everything about anna's life then and you get like how sick and sadistic this fucking kid is and he's just learning everything about her instead they just show the scene of him like taking the picture of her but like he he was doing so much shit to fuck up with her. I life. was laughing at that picture, dude. Like, <laughs> so I know it's supposed to be like creepy, but I was just laughing. It yeah, was, was so horrible. dumb. Yeah, uh, that was my yeah one of the major things they just randomly took out. Besides the the sex scene with David that they just left out too, which I think was a a good call on their part. This one would have mm. like showed how <laughs> how fucked up Ethan really was. I have a question about Ethan. Remind me to come back to it. But something I wanted to mention with the family is that. The other, the thing I did really like about the family twist was that it explained her agoraphobia because I was I was trying to figure out like why was she agoraphobic and for the first portion of the movie you just you don't have any evidence as to why it is so you're just like did she just wake up one day and now she can't leave her house I just didn't care if I'm being honest I mean that was part of it too I think the the book makes it seem like it was because they got divorced okay and since the divorce she can't leave the house. But, yeah, as far separated. as I remember in this movie, there was no evidence no, as to why. they didn't say anything. So then when it turned out, oh, you actually killed your family, I was like, okay, that could trigger some sort of, you know, reaction that would leave you having some sort of anxiety disorder that doesn't allow you to leave your house. That checks out. And that seems like a, like a fun thing, like, for a movie or a book. Like, it's not really in a lot of movies where people, like, don't leave their house agoraphobic. And I feel like this movie could have done, like, even better with that. And they, yeah. they kind of just... They're like, yeah, she's agoraphobic. This. Well, so I think the reason I was like, try, I wanted some sort of reason why she was agoraphobic because this movie is in a lot of ways like Rear Window in the same way that Disturbia is like Rear Window where someone is stuck in their house, end up having nothing to do, so they kind of spy on their neighbors and then they witness a murder, I think, in every case in That's all three of those movies. <laughs> yeah. They can't even get creative on that front. But so in Rear Window... He's got a broken leg, and he's stuck in a wheelchair, so he just looks out his, you know, like the courtyard. Disturbia, I believe he's got house a arrest. house arrest. Yeah, yeah. So in this one, they went with agoraphobia. I was like, okay. Disturbia is the best one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that, that, I think, is why I was like, okay, if you're going to do Rear Window again, you need a, a, a reason, unique yeah. reason to be in your house. I thought yeah. that was a pretty good one. Good enough one, yeah. But because you can just say... I guess for me, for the first part of the movie, it was like, they're just saying, she's agoraphobic, that's why she can't leave her house, and that's why we're making this movie. I was like, and it, I needed yeah. a little bit more I think it takes that. an hour, hour 15 to actually like, yeah, tell it, you why. It takes a little while. The, the payoff's there, though. You oh love it. Oh my god, it's, it's <laughs> so good when, you, when it finally hits. My question about Ethan, and I'm kind of getting towards the end of the movie, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to bring up before this, but what's his deal in the end? He's just sadistic. He... I feel like he has like fuck. two sentences explaining his reasoning and I might have missed him or they're maybe just not there. Yeah, I hate to keep saying it, but in the book, like she's basically onto him at this point and that's why he reveals himself. In this though, he could have just gotten away with it, but he decides if that he wants for to- for those meddling kids. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to like kill David then and, and then kill her just because he's sick. But like, yeah, he kills like um, his dad's coworker and that's why they have to move to Manhattan. His dad covers that one up. And then he covers up the one with his uh, his ex because his mom was yeah kind of a shitty mom, but like the fact that he just goes out of his way to then like torment Anna for no reason, 
and then to kill her. Like, he could have just gotten away with it because it's like, yeah, that, that bitch across the street, she's crazy. Like, she thinks she saw a murder, but Medically it never happened. diagnosed. Yeah, like, <laughs> like and just could have gotten away with yeah. it, but, like... Kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't like the casting, because he just kind of, like, seemed creepy the whole time, and then they were just like, yeah, just say these two lines and kill David, and then you'll be good. D- didn't, like, uh, tough tough look for David there, just getting stabbed there at the end. Trying to be a good dude, too, even in the end. Yeah, yeah. I would have I would have left that one be. Yeah. He's he's not even... I don't think he dies in the, in the book. I think he just leaves the apartment, because, uh... And is like spying on him way too much, and he's like, "I need to get the fuck out of here." So that I don't think he dies. I hope someone recently read this book so they can just be like, "He's wrong about everything here." But there was the other part in that scene Bob was talking about where she has her monologue and like everyone's in her kitchen. She admits to going into David's room, and he's like, "Why are you in my room?" She had a legitimate or a close to legitimate excuse because her cat was down there. Yeah, and she just goes, "Oh." Yeah, I don't- <laughs> And just doesn't it went say through your I mail. Like, I was like, you had a semi-legitimate excuse. Why didn't you say my cat was down there? Just to explain it away. That was the time You're when... You're nitpicking. That's great. That was a little <laughs> nitpick, but that was also the moment when David could have said, like, oh, I know all of this information about this lady, yeah. Katie or whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's actually the kid's mom, blah, blah, blah. Might have maybe been a good time to mention that. Incredible time to bring oh, that Oh, maybe up. the person that you're getting mixed up with and... Actually, you'll never believe it. Guess what? <laughs> like, like, why? It does make no sense. Like, the convoluted story all comes together, like, two days later when David just decides, now I'm going to give you all this information I've had for several days. Yeah, yeah that's a real bummer. David really fucking sucks uh, in this movie, for sure. Uh, did you guys like during that fight scene when... Uh... Amy Adams takes a fucking hoe to the face. Yeah, that was the gardening scene. That <laughs> looked terrible, and I was laughing the whole time. I was like, wouldn't she fucking die from that? She yeah. takes it to the side of the head. That would have pierced like, her head. cheek, though. Like, it, yeah. They show her in the hospital with a little patch on her throat. I'm like, there's some pretty serious stuff you don't want to have a gardening tool get poked through in your throat. Probably one of them. I'm I'm telling you, I would have fucking easily killed Amy Adams there. Ethan's a pussy. The, yeah, the way that he dies. She's really bad at running for her life. Yeah. She's dead as fuck. And the, then, other th- the other thing I don't get, because going back to that one kitchen scene, actually, before we continue to go further, why can people just walk into this woman's house? <laughs> like, the cops are in there, and they're like, oh, the guy that is literally the suspect in this thing? Have him come in here, and you can <laughs> let him explain what he did. That's not how police work. Literally, everyone just... She, they make it seem like it's so hard. Like she has to buzz everyone in. They show that, but then, but then you can just walk in wherever the fuck you want. Yeah, that is. A, you're thinking agoraphobic would have some crazy good fucking locks. Yeah, but then they show her like locking her doors all the time. But also, like, doesn't matter. She leaves yeah, them unlocked. Fucking too. yeah. What's your old and just walking in that fucking? He is bitch. a key. It feels like it. You go back to the fight scene. My favorite moment is when Ethan stabs the like table she picks up and then disappears. <laughs> I was, for a second, when that first happened, my initial thought was, is Ethan not real? I was like, is, is this you imagining that, it? That would have been a better movie then, because you would have been yeah. like, this bitch is fucking crazy, and it would have been a better twist I ending for the movie. I think if we sprinkled little bits of that in there, we might have, yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, I think this movie could have been good. Like, that was one of the things that I thought, but no, he just has like, superpowers, I guess. I thought for sure, I'm like, oh, here it is, here's where we really are going off the rails, but it turns out, no, he just... Stabbed the table, left the knife, and just ran around the corner. Hey, and really fast. Really quiet as well. <laughs> you couldn't see or hear. It was raining. It was loud. Yeah. So. He grab. He stabs that knife, realizes, I saw a fucking hoe over there earlier. I don't need this fucking knife anymore. I'm going to s- fucking spike her in the head. 
and then Chekhov's glass ceiling. They pointed out earlier in the they movie. They showed that like three different times. Like, hey, guess That's, what's going to happen at the I end of this? I can't wait to see what happens with that. <laughs> Not only do they point it out earlier in the movie and then bring it back at the end, they also show you like three times before she actually <laughs> puts him on the ceiling. Like, yes, I remember that scene. <laughs> I remember the scene earlier. In the, you don't need... Oh, you're showing me again. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see it again. But aren't you just so happy at the end of this movie when she can finally go outside again? That's my final point I want to make in this movie. Is the cure to agoraphobia another traumatic experience where you watch your tenant die, you almost get killed yourself, and then you kill a 15-year-old? I get the aspect of her having to move out of that house because it's so traumatic. She would be fucked up for life. Yeah, shouldn't she be worse? Skipping about, she walks outside. She's just taken in the sun. She's like, "I'm cured." You That's killed how this a lot. Movie I killed my cured. family. My my tenant was murdered in front of me, and I had to kill a sadistic little boy. And she's I'm, just, I'm just going for a walk, cream, baby. We're just fucking. And now everything is good again. <laughs> like, the ending of this movie left me very confused on how to feel. I'm like, this lady one should be in jail. Two, watch someone die and killed someone. In, else herself justifiably this time yeah that one's okay I'm, she doesn't need to go to prison for that one yeah she gets maybe, off on maybe that have one. a hearing though just something in court someone should at least ask her a few <laughs> questions the cop who's been incompetent this whole time probably shouldn't give her her phone and just delete any evidence we haven't looked at it yet delete He's everything like, you need you're to good. <laughs> what if she killed her family and that has evidence there but she wakes up in the hospital not talking to anyone and this cop somehow knows everything that happened and just like trusts her inherently like I was like I don't think this guy's very good at his job he does mention it though he's just like I really fucked up this case <laughs> so this doesn't matter anymore like, yeah you still are like yeah, why you're not making any better you found her injured you found two dead bodies and you're just like she's good to go yeah. I thought she was insane before this but now I think she's good to go yeah, the ending of this was... Uh, I think if there was even just a better ending, it could like, have made I up like some Bob's points. I like Bob's idea where if he was just, Ethan was just a ghost and she was imagining this all, that would have been a better ending. We could go through the entire movie and pick out certain scenes and like things that we would change about them, and it would be better. Like This movie premise, I think, is good, and all the actors in it should be good. It just does not land, and they just do not... I- it just doesn't hit right. Jerry, like, do you know anything so else better. this guy has directed? Because I feel like if they get a better director... Uh, this could be a good movie. I looked it up. It was nothing I'd seen or anything super yeah, notable. I think it's going to stay that way after this. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Joe Wright. Remember that time you directed <laughs> that one movie that had a really good concept with all those famous actors and it sucked? <laughs> yeah, as far as uh, Rear Window, Disturbia, and The Woman in the Window go, I'm ranking this one three. I've never seen uh, Rear Window, but I got to think Disturbia's clear and cut number one. Disturbia is easily a top five movie, so... <laughs> Rear Window does not have Shia LaBeouf. Very famous movie, haven't does seen it. Does it have an awesome fucking song that came out at the same time, <laughs> no, too? No Probably Rihanna not. banger either, so... Unfortunately. But yeah, I would recommend Rear Window over this movie any day of the week. I think it, it was on Peacock for a while, it might still be. I'll recommend Disturbia to most people I talk to. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's doesn't shut up about it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for me on uh, The Woman in the Window. You guys have any final thoughts? I'm done. I'm good. Uh, Yeah, I think that'll do it next week. Uh, What do we got next week? Episode 9. God damn it. Penultimate episode of The Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Fast and Furious, as we all know, the fourth movie in the Fast (laughs) and the Furious franchise. Fast and Furious is what they call it. And then, uh, is there a new movie coming out next week? I think there is. Uh, Rush Hour. 
Army of the Dead. Oh, are we doing it? The Hell fuck yeah. is Army of the Dead? Zack Snyder. Oh, that zombie Batista. movie. Gotcha, oh, yeah. gotcha. This is going to be fun. Another, we're doing back-to-back -back Netflix originals. So we can look forward to that next week. Thanks for listening. And remember, don't get in a car with Amy Adams. <laughs>